And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson, Doc Manson. That's me. You are the best. I am. As opposed to other podcast people, you're better than all the rest. Ooh, I like being better than the rest. You've had a good week. I gotta say, you're accommodating my stupid schedule today. You are working during your lunch breaks on the website and getting us a new email. You made a new t-shirt. You're a rock star, Doc Manson. It's... I wouldn't say I was working on that stuff during my lunch break. It was more like uh, it's a hobby. So, you know, I was I was enjoying myself. I was I appreciate it. Nonetheless, I just want to say I consider this. Well, thank you. I appreciate your appreciation of me. I I accept your praise. But I will say, uh, good, sir. This is this is leisure time. I wouldn't do this if I didn't enjoy it. So uh, glad to hear. No. But thank you very much. And uh, thank you for telling people to praise me on By the Book. Did you hear it or did you see someone praise you and figure out what it was? Somebody praised me and I said, I don't understand. (laughs) And then you hoodwinked me into listening to a 19-minute episode of By the Book in which the very last thing that you do (laughs) is say the thing about me. 50% of the time it works every time. It's science. (laughs) Um, I want to start with a question because I tweeted this at you and I don't know if you either didn't see it or or just didn't respond. I saw people playing a video game the other day and I thought of you because from the from the look of it, it's PUBG meets the building of seven days to die but at the same time, I'm like watching it going, this looks either perfect for Doc Manson or he's going to hate everything about it. And I can't figure out which one it is. Um, have you heard of, seen, played Fortnite Battle Royal? Whatever it's called. I've heard of, I have heard of Fortnite uh, Battle Royal and I have a good appreciation of uh, for it to some extent, although there are some very questionable businessings happening uh-huh. around it. Okay. Um, so Fortnite is made by Epic Games. Epic Games being the studio, well, former studio, I guess they're still a studio, but Epic Games being the people who make the Unreal Engine, so they license out this oh. engine for other developers oh, to tournament. use. Yes, I Unreal played, Tournament. I played you once upon a time. Yeah. I was so that's terrible. Epic. So in in more recent years, Epic has taken to licensing out the Unreal Engine to other game companies so that they can use that to build their games. And, you know, there's been some funny business the last few years. Not really funny, but there's been a rise in different sort of, of, of accessible engines that people can just sort of download and use. Unity is one of them. Um, Crytek is another. And, and Unreal, there, there, are, there are actual... You know, business arrangements where basically you can use and develop on the engine for free in exchange for like a a portion of your proceeds, or you can pay for the engine up front. Anyways, the point is they they license the engine to other video game developers, and one developer who 
is licensing the Unreal Engine for their game would be the developer Blue Hole, better known for their game PUBG. Oh. And so what's happened is Epic has seen what they did with their engine. They are, of course, privy to... um, some of the coding and things going on for PUBG since they are in a licensing agreement with them. And the allegation is anyways, that they are directly benefiting by stealing from blue hole to make this other game. Um, again, allegations. I don't necessarily think they hold a lot of water, but, um, but there is definitely some, business things going on around this thing well i will say you know i was watching some famous youtube gamer playing and i will say the first thought was this is almost identical to PUBG because like even you know you create the character there's an area while the game is loading and you're waiting for players where you're running around that part was the same you're on you know it's it's a different thing but you're flying over the area you have Instead to have an airplane a, it's a bus up with balloons yeah, yeah. you have to choose a time to jump out the map looks similar it's the same sort of thing with like the storm and the plane condensing so you know it is similar the graphics are different and again it has that yeah. construction aspect which i thought was cool the construction aspect is both cool and also prevents me from wanting to try it. It just makes it look like there's way too much going on. Like, it just looks like I would, you know what I mean? Like, there's clearly a, a skill, a skill, uh, a learning curve there that I just sort of feel like I would get frustrated before I got good. Maybe. The guy who was saying that, like, he spent a lot of time just getting shot in the back because he's building, you know, you're building the ramp or something and all of a sudden you get shot from behind. But that's the problem I would find with any of those games is, you know, with a 360 yeah. degree world, people are coming at you from all sides. So, And the other weird thing about Fortnite is Fortnite's actually a game that's been in development for, I don't know, like eight years or something. I don't know if you're if you know this, but Fortnite itself has another subtitle. I forget what it is, but is a pay to play game. There's there's another Fortnite where you build bases and it's basically like a horde mode where you hold out against monsters, a cooperative experience. Yeah, that game released first and it didn't do very well. It wasn't getting any traction whatsoever. And it wasn't until after PUBG that they then added this whole other game mode, which they are giving away for free, Battle Royal. Um, and it's not actually converting people back to the paid game, but so they, you know they're, gonna, they're entering microtransaction territories. They're going to start charging people other ways. Mm-hmm. But it was this other game that basically didn't catch on, and then they saw, hey, PUBG's doing a thing. I guess we'll just copy that verbatim, and now it's become wildly popular. Now, I, I believe I know the answer to this. I've followed video games enough. It is a common thing for someone to see something that is working and then, you know, I don't know which came first, which fighting game came first, but in the 90s, it was Tekken, Mortal Kombat, Soul Calibur, a Street Fighter, you know, all of a sudden, all of these sides fighting games kind of happened. But that, you know, because you're describing a horde with cooperative mode, and I'm like, well, that sounds like seven days to die in many ways. So, are you know, are there no original games anymore? Documents. Not that's really. What I wanna, that's what I it's becoming know. increasingly unoriginal because every game now is partially an RPG where there's stuff to, you know, 
there's there, there's character progression now in first person shooters. You unlock skills. You you upgrade your gear. Like everything's an RPG now. So it actually seems like games are getting le- more and more um, similar to one another, less dissimilar. And I don't know. It, it's both good and bad. I mean, there's a lot of expansion to gameplay experiences that happens when you introduce those types of systems. But it also makes everything play very samey um, yeah and i i kind of think that's why part of the reason why i uh i don't play as many video games as i used to is because i just get bored too easily now i just feel like i'm playing the same game over and over again to some extent to some extent i think that's i think that's fair it certainly sounds that way you know all right yeah well that's just kind of how i wanted to start um what did you think of elimination chamber let's get into the wrestling here on ddt wrestling i of course am um, dc matthews at vddc matthews hello um I am Doc Manson at Doc Manson. What'd you think of the chamber? Uh, it was a great show with, you know, an ending that I wouldn't have written, but one that I can't say was unanticipated. And I mean, okay. Does it ruin WrestleMania season? Yes. But does it ruin it in a way that actually makes me upset? Not really. Well, was it 2015 when you actually, when Roman Reigns, I don't know if he won the Royal Rumble that year? Or yeah, it might have been that year. There was a year where you literally stopped watching wrestling, like even canceled the network, if I remember correctly, yep. because of it. Clearly that hasn't happened. No, I mean, at this point, back then Roman Reigns also was not good. True. Like, I, I, can, I, can, I can honestly say that I think... I mean, people will say, oh, he's a good wrestler, whatever. but I, back then, I don't think he was. I don't think he's, – he's, he's made strides, at least in my opinion. I would agree and with at that. at this point, I feel like he is a competent wrestler. Everything he does is pretty good. I mean, I would say one of my highlight feuds of last year was him versus Braun Strowman. Definitely. So while I'm not a big fan of his – I get it at this point. Sure. I mean, the reason why I say does it ruin WrestleMania season is, is it's 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 minor. But I mean, for the last what four years he's main evented WrestleMania. I mean, I just I'm tired of seeing him. All I mean, how many WrestleManias did Hulk Hogan main event? I don't think it was four, and certainly not four in a row. Well, he did more than four, but not in a row because. One, two, three, not four, five, six, seven, maybe not eight. Yeah. Then I he mean, showed I'm up just at, saying. He showed up at nine, but that was unannounced. Right. So. so I just, again, my point is not that it necessarily that it's never happened before, but you're talking about something that very rarely happens. There, and I I don't know, man. I just, I'm getting tired of seeing this but, guy. But in the, well, and. The problem is, like, Austin did a bunch, 14, 15. I think he was part of the Fatal 4-Way at 16, maybe not. But, like, you know, in a in a six- or seven-year period, Austin main evented probably four or five WrestleManias. But he was Steve Austin, and so nobody cared. John Cena's main evented a bunch. It just happens that nobody likes this guy. You know, or I mean, at least there's I a think... large portion of people that don't like this guy, and that's the issue. Well, that and also, though, if you go back to when John Cena was was doing it, I think there was just as much dissatisfaction then as well. And I think for the most part, it, it again just revolved around, man, I just want to see something different. 
My thing is your roster is big enough, and I understand you yeah. have two brands, and I understand that sure. No, not really. At it, this point, with with only single with with joint branded pay per views, I don't really believe that the brand split is real anymore. Like, it's, I, I'm sorry, it's they just happen to best. be on different shows. Yeah, I mean it's it's silly, and I suppose there is a chance that AJ and Shinsuke could be the final match of WrestleMania 34. No, uh-uh. no there is zero percent chance of that. There, there has to be at least some percent chance of that. Zero, zero percent chance. Okay, you know I'm right. I know that you're right, but I'm just saying in zero. Like, that would never happen. Not happening. There's no chance of that. What do you make of? Now, I'm sure you didn't watch Raw, but I could be wrong. Did you watch Roman Reigns' shoot promo where he called Brock Lesnar out and all of that sort of stuff and things? Isn't that the exact same thing he did, like, three years ago with Brock Lesnar? Like, People liked it. I I saw parts of it. I'll admit he he was clearly speaking from a place of honesty, and I always appreciate when people cut promos like that. But I don't think that Brock Lesnar, like... Some are like people are like maybe Brock Lesnar won't even show up. Yeah, I think he'll make his final payday. He'll be yeah. there. Yeah. Um, outside of Roman Reigns, you know, I liked the match. I thought the both Elimination Chambers matches were good. Although I will say I liked the women's one better. Yes, the women's one was quite good. Alexa Bliss. She's none I, of you will ever accomplish any of your dreams. <laughs> I want to make a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> Speaking of t-shirts. Uh-huh. We are we up in triple digits now? Hundreds? Hundreds? Oh of- yeah, we've we've sold um at least at least uh to three different people. Um so that's the same as it was last week. I thought Glenn bought one. Mm, not that I'm aware of. Huh. Oh well. Yeah. That's okay, but if you do want to buy a DDT Wrestling shirt, um, you can head to shop.ddtwrestling.com. Wow. That will take you to our represent site. We are we are fancy. You can also we email are. us. You can still use ddtwrestling at gmail.com if you wish. However, podcast at ddtwrestling.com will take you there. And I got to say, those emails will probably be read with much more excitement than ones just sent to ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Of course. Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. It just, it just sounds nice. I love the beefcake shirt. I gotta tell you. Oh, the beefcake shirt. I'm yeah. a big fan. We should probably mention that, huh? If you haven't seen it yet, Doc Manson has created a Brutus be in honor of Brutus Beefcake. Hey, he who should not be named. In honor of Zodiac... <laughs> or the butcher, or the man with no name. Wasn't his name disciple, Booty Man at one point? Or the Booty Man. He had like six different gimmicks in WCW in like a four-year period. Yeah, he did. What, what you got there? Uh, pizza. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yes. But yeah. That there's a, there's sure a wrestler nice. in honor of our favorite guy who may or may not strut and may or may not cut. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think Check Alexa- it out. Shop.ddtwrestling.com. Maybe there will be a, an Alexa Bliss shirt there because Charlotte is clearly my favorite. But yeah. Alexa Bliss, to me, is probably number two on my list. I know that you've got Asuka at the top of yours. Yeah, but I mean, I will say I, li- I like Charlotte a whole lot. 
I, I think that at this point, Alexa gives a better promo than Charlotte does. Yep. Um, but I Clearly. still enjoy Charlotte's in-ring work yes. more. Um, However, I and So say- I enjoy her as a talent more than yes. Alexa Bliss, I'd say. That move off the pod was fantastic. Whatever, Twisted Bliss or whatever they call yep. it. Whatever they call it. The only problem with it was, like, Sasha basically no-sold it. I think it was supposed to sort of, like, just roll into the bank statement, but mm-hmm. it was just the impact wasn't quite there. But it looked nice. I'm a fan. I wish that the, like, I don't remember the previous Elimination Chamber matches. You had to pin them in the ring. Like, you've got essentially... I think that's always been true, actually. Okay. I could be wrong. I I don't know how many chamber matches I've watched. Every year, I'm like, maybe I'll watch all of them. And then I watch the first two, and I'm like, these are fairly repetitive. Never mind. But this coming from the man who likes Survivor Series? I mean, you want to talk about repetitive? Holy moly. Yeah, but there's so many... I I suppose that's true. But I like the Survivor Series, where there were five tag teams versus five tag teams, and the entire ring was surrounded by people, because there's 20 so guys stupid. standing on the apron. You can't even run the ropes, because you'll knock people over. It's like a lumberjack match, except everybody's freaking in the match. It's so yeah. dumb. It's awesome. So good. Um, do you like Sasha Banks? I appreciate Sasha Banks, but I do not like Sasha Banks. You know, people are like, I was tweeting with somebody who was like, when is Sasha going to get her day in the sun? And I'm like, she's a four-time champion. I'm going to say she's had her time in the sun. She's set ridiculous amounts of records. It is not our fault that she may have peaked in NXT. Like, if she turns heel tomorrow, I don't know that that heel run is as good as her NXT stuff. And and the same could be said for Bayley. That's probably true on both accounts. I definitely think Bailey peaked in NXT. Just her character, I don't know, is ever going to get as over as it was in that insular community of NXT fans. Um, Sasha Banks, I think, has more widespread modern appeal. But, I mean, even for for you to... I think I'd have to disagree with you saying she peaked in NXT, Sasha Banks, because, again, she she's won the championship how many times? Four, I but mean, she's never exactly. defended it. But who cares? Like, I think she's totally had her moment in the sun with all the different so history making moments. Main eventing been a Hell in a Cell or whatever. That might Absolutely. have been her Maybe. Maybe. Could be right there. And I and I also feel like she has not actually peaked. I do think that moment in the sun that you know we were just arguing against, I do think she's still going to get there. I, I think that she's going to be a big deal at some point in the future again. Just I think She's been a big enough deal in the recent past. I feel I don't like, feel like she's I feel this way slighted. I feel like there's too much talent now. You've got Asuka. You've got Charlotte. You know, poor Becky Lynch isn't even in this conversation anymore. No. Remember when I laughed hysterically because you said she might win the Women's Royal Rumble? I really thought there was a chance, all right? Because I still don't know what's going to happen on SmackDown. May I, you know, I think on by the book, which you listen to and I appreciate, I think I talked myself into it's going to be some sort of Becky versus Naomi versus Charlotte versus the Ruby Riot versus whatever. Are you into Ruby Wyatt as a character? Are you sold? Um, I like the I like the way it sounds. I'll give yeah. you that. It sounds better than Ruby Riot. To anything would. I liked Oscar versus Nia Jax. That was a good match. But again, I know anything can happen in wrestling. It's all scripted, yada, yada. But I was never worried for Asuka's, like, undefeated streak. Or, like, it just, 
you're not going to give it to someone who's lost to this person three times. I just, I never really thought you were going to do that. I can appreciate the notion that they might want to reconstruct a narrative, like WWE might want to reconstruct a narrative and kind of ignore what happened in NXT. But since it's on the network, it's very difficult to do that. It's not like, like here's the thing: if they were going to have Nia Jax win, the story would have been Asuka has beat her three times before. She's got her number. Nia Jax just she's the underdog. Was, You'd have to play correct. the underdog story. Correct. There's there were given the story they were telling it. It just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. It was a good match, though. I thought Nia looked good. I thought the spear through the barricade Ridiculous. afterwards was a nice spot. Oh. Yep, looked nice. Um, have we officially heard that it's going to be Asuka versus Alexa Bliss? Is there still a chance no. she shows up on Fastlane to go after Charlotte? I, I would assume so. I assume that there is, but um, it seems like... it's just, It's very strange that they have refused to actually clarify that everything they say is like Renee Young at one point was interviewing and she's like it looks like you're gonna do this and I'm like you're being intentionally cold uh-huh. I'm guessing she's actually gonna face Charlotte still um yeah I just I don't know why they would draw this out if, if only the because there's nothing else going on right like right now she's fighting with Ruby Riot to and that's it. Like Becky Lynch and Naomi just they just come out and watch each other wrestle. That's all the storyline I get from yeah. that. I forgot Carmella had the briefcase. I didn't, but I have been wondering about that thinking to myself, okay, like I would say like the highlight of Roman Reigns's WrestleMania career, well maybe not the highlight cuz he did retire the Undertaker, but the thing I remember is most is as Rollins coming out for that triple threat. And I was just thinking about this the other day, and I said to myself, I I don't know that I would be as excited for that fabulous music to hit right at the conclusion of one of the women's matches at WrestleMania. I was watching the Mixed Match Challenge. I really thought she spelled it F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S-S. I didn't like they go F A B U L O U S. Yes. I yes. didn't ever hear the yes, so I just assumed that I guess I just never thought of it, but I guess I assumed they spelled it wrong. Nope. Okay. Um the story that I would like to see with that briefcase in Carmela is she's running out of time. Like the contract expires and it's like three weeks before Money in the Bank, and she literally has to like follow the champion around with a referee. I mean, at this point, it's the. I mean, yes. I just don't know what they're waiting for. Do you think that? I mean, because here's the thing: not only, not I mean, not only is she not used it yet, but they're not using her at this point. I mean, I'm not watching SmackDown. So actually, maybe that's the reason why I think that. No, it's, but, it's it's a lot of what from what I've seen, it's a lot of her in the back with the briefcase. So in my head, I'm like, is she injured? Are they hiding an injury by just letting her? Like, it would be a smart move. She sure. can still be on TV, and no one needs to know that she's hurt. But it just seems like a very strange way to be treating someone who ought to be. It's she just. Let me put it this way. She seems more like Damian Sandow with that briefcase than she does Seth Rollins. I think that's fair. Have you bought your Ronda Rousey t-shirt yet? No. 
However, I do believe I saw you tweet you're more on board with this than you were before. Well, I mean, you want a guaranteed way for me to like somebody, it's oppose them against Stephanie McMahon, because she's terrible. She suplexed Triple H through a table. It wasn't really a suplex. It was more just a judo uh, throw. Hey, I'll take it. And I really want to... Need I remind you, Ronda Rousey is a bronze medalist in the Olympic judo competition. I have a feeling I will enjoy her wrestling. It's everything else that I'm nervous about. Yes. Her promo, which I saw... What was it? At the pay-per-view? She cut one on Sunday and one on Monday. And I will say the Monday one was better than the Sunday one. Well, it would have to be because I didn't see the Monday one, but the Sunday one was a little painful. But at the same time, it was her first time out. She was doing that bashful thank you guys thing. you know. So, I mean, maybe that was just what she was going for. But I was not feeling that too much i would like to know i haven't watched the segment i saw her a bit of her promo but i didn't see the whole segment from raw i would like to know what kurt angle was doing where he kind of had his hands in his pockets and was kind of whistling like yeah have you I, seen that uh the by, picture's by, everywhere uh, the picture's yeah, everywhere yeah. a lot of the record scratch you probably wonder how i got like that joke was played like 58 times but it's such a great picture <laughs> it is it's really good um do you think it's Angle? They haven't said it yet, but can't it has to it be. I can't imagine it being The Rock at this point. No, I, the only other person I, it could be is Bobby Lashley, and that's not that exciting. But Bobby Lashley does have an MMA background, so I suppose it would make sense. I think but it's Angle. You I think it's Angle too. But Triple H wouldn't have dropped Angle if it wasn't Angle. That's true. Um, I, and that that said, I also I, I read about what happened on Monday. And I do, th- I heard, you know, I, was, I saw some dirt sheet talking about Taz, who was complaining about um, the current product. And I just got to say, I, I do think I agree with the point overall that Taz was making, which is that I don't understand why on earth on Monday, Stephanie McMahon would get in Ronda Rousey's face with her apology. Like, she should be a cowardly heel. She doesn't fight. She's no match for this woman. For her to get in her face like like she's going to be physical just doesn't make any sense to me. Like that's not who Stephanie McMahon is. And I just again, I think it it just it strongly plays against her character in a way that I just think makes Ronda Rousey look weak. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like this is not the first time that we've had this conversation about Stephanie McMahon. Even when she was wrestling a Bella multiple years ago at like a SummerSlam, she went back and forth. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's a Vince thing. Cause Vince even did that. Like Vince would get into Austin's face one minute and then be scared of him the next minute. But it's, so I don't know if it's just a McMahon habit. I will say this though. The difference is Vince McMahon could hold his own in a wrestling match. If he didn't pop both his quads at the same time. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, at one time he did. Stephanie McMahon, I know at one time she was in some wrestling matches, but she's she's not a physical specimen. You no. know what I mean? Like, she's not intimidating in that way that Vince McMahon could be physically. No, that um, is true. It, it doesn't make sense, but then again, I, I don't think it makes sense for this to be a match at all. So I'm kind of just suspending disbelief and being like, we'll get our great Triple H and Stephanie entrance out of it. And, yeah. and I like watching Kurt Angle wrestle, so... 
Okay, if this is a story you want to tell me, go ahead. Let's go. All right, sounds good. Uh, So, yeah, I don't have anything to say about the other two matches from the chamber. I forget what the other two were. The Bar versus Titus Worldwide and Bray Wyatt losing again to Matt That's what he does. That's, That's what he does. Whatever. I'd like to remind you that a year ago at the Elimination Chamber, Bray Wyatt won the WWE Heavyweight Championship. Yes, he did. It was a great day. And then, like, a month later, he lost it, and then he went to Raw, and he has done nothing but lose ever since. He is a former champion, though. I will take that. It's not much, but I will take it. Um, John Cena lost... Went up on Raw, said he didn't know what to do, went to SmackDown, beat AJ Styles, and is now going to be wrestling in a six-pack challenge at Fastlane. Yep. And what's that for? Oh, for the championship, right. Yes. Winner faces Nakamura. Yeah. So we're getting Styles, Cena, Owens, Zayn, Ziggler, Corbin. Though I would not be surprised if Kevin Owen has a concussion because Dolph Ziggler kicked him in the back of the head. Yeah. Um, it's a pointless match because AJ Styles will be facing Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania. Yes. Period. Yes. So what then does John Cena do? Rey Mysterio. I could I can't. I would rather watch him wrestle the Hurricane. Yes, that I would as well. I would rather see. Who else made their return? I would rather watch him wrestle Adam Cole, who was you also know, I, part of the Royal Rumble. I actually think there's still a chance it could be The Undertaker. I'm hoping so. I don't think goodness. they would mention it on television if there wasn't still a chance. Yeah. So They're I like, feel like it's, it's not impossible. off the table. I mean, like, WWE does the impossible on a regular basis. So. Correct. The only reason why they tell you it's impossible is because they're going to do it. But... I'm hoping I, that Taker way. comes out from under the ring and drags John Cena under. During yeah. the six-pack challenge? Yes. <laughs> yes. Just. All right. And for no All other right. reason other than I want to see it. But, yeah, I'm not excited really to see Rey Mysterio. Um, do you think they're going to try to do Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn at WrestleMania? Either that or one thing I read was Owens and Zayn with Daniel Bryan, either as a partner or a manager, versus Ziggler and Corbin with Shane. Because the idea is Shane is secretly telling Dolph and Baron to mess stuff up. Why would Baron Corbin be taking orders from Shane McMahon? That's a great question. It would make more sense if it was Randy Orton, I suppose. Yeah, even that I don't know. Make... I don't really think that makes any sense storyline-wise. But I have no they idea. can do anything they want. They always do. I have no idea what's going to happen with Owens and Zayn. That's one of the, yeah. qu- the big question marks. Braun's another big question mark at WrestleMania. I think he's destined for the Andre Battle Royal for lack of anything else to do with him. I think he's going to have a match with Elias. That's what they were building to on Monday. I They're suppose. continuing that feud. 
Either Why? that or it'll be I a fatal five-way, which for the Intercontinental title with Miz and Balor and Rollins, which is fine. Yeah. It'll be a good match. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you look so excited for WrestleMania, DC. I am excited for maybe I've been spending too much time on the WrestleMania wall because I've talked myself into so many different possibilities. Many of which, like right now, I'm expecting New Day versus the Usos versus the Bludgeon Brothers in a TLC match. That's probably not going to happen. It'll no. probably just be a regular triple threat match. Yeah, I don't know. WrestleMania is going to be a good show regardless. Uh, so it's WrestleMania stop overthinking it. It's re- stop I, overthinking. That's it. probably a good idea. But now I'm yeah. doing the podcast. I got to keep doing that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, you're you tend to look more at the business end of things than I do. So help me out, Doc. Walk me through this whole thing between WWE and Fox. Fox is clearly making a full court press. To acquire WWE, I'm assuming that just means the rights to air WWE. They're not trying not to buy the company. So what's going on? They offered something in the range of $250 million for, you know, they want to air Raw on Fox and SmackDown probably on some Fox Sports channel that they tend to have. But they're, they were... In the building for Raw, I think they were in the building for the Elimination Chamber. They're really interested in stealing WWE away from the USA Network. I think. I don't think they're trying to buy the company outright. Because $250 million would not nearly... No, that's, that's not enough to buy the company. That's probably just TV rights. Um, I believe that the current deal with USA Network is somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 and thirty or maybe a hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, so they're almost so, doubling it. Yeah, I mean at least another hundred million dollars. Which actually, um, yeah, that sounds about right. I think honestly, the way they've been talking about WWE's upcoming contract negotiations is they might even be able to expect something in the ballpark of four hundred million dollars. Um, wow. So again, everybody's saying that the WWE is dying and not doing well. You're not paying attention because. They make a lot of their revenue based off of these TV deals, and their value has only gone up over the course of this last contract. So um, so what you're yeah. telling me is my dream of being able to watch Raw and SmackDown on the WWE Network. I, sh- I shouldn't – I should give up on that dream, at least short yes. term. Right. Yes. The, the, the TV rights are way too lucrative for them to do anything to hurt uh, that – deal so no matter who they end up broadcasting with they're going to want exclusivity and because they make a lot of money from that way more money than they make from the network i mean because think about it the network only has 1.6 million subscribers when it peaks around wrestlemania time ten dollars a month like how much money is that you're talking 16 million dollars a month times 12 months in the year, you're talking $160 million, $180 million, somewhere in there. Um, $250 million from Fox is way more money than they make on the network as a total. So yeah. they're not going to put that in jeopardy. Almost $200 million. Now, granted, a lot of that are probably free month people. But, we're t- yeah, we're talking serious, serious, serious money. Absolutely. So, the, yeah, I think that you can forget about that. All right. Well, it was a nice dream. I'll have to continue watching WCW from 1999. You do that. Thank you. There's stuff you would like, I'm telling you. There are things about this that are right up your 
our Russell Silly Alley. It's just uh-huh. all like right. The Booty Man. He was good too, but this we're now past that. He's done. He he was the disciple for the NWO. Then he joined the One Warrior Nation. I haven't seen him in a while. I don't know if he's he's coming back. So, all right. Um, you ready for some email? Anything else going on in the world of wrestling that you would like to talk about? It's World Book Day. Happy World Book Day, people. I mean, I guess I'll mention that I put a fresh coat of paint on uh, our website, www.ddtwrestling.com. It looks wonderful. I, I, I de-emphasized some of our deprecated content, you know, the, the written articles that we don't really keep up on. And, you know, the landing page emphasizes more our current products, the, the podcast, the list, etc. cetera. Um, you know, fresh coat of paint there, made it an HTTPS uh, secure site with an SSL certificate. So um, a little more secure on the back end there. It'll get us a little bit more preferential search results with Google. Um, and then I also changed it over so DDT Pod, because in the past, DDTPod.com and DDTWrestling.com both went to our website. Correct. DDTWrestling.com goes to our website. DDTPod.com goes to the Simplecast site where you can find the full archive of all of our episodes from the DDT Podcast feed. So if you just want to listen to the podcast, DDTPod.com is your destination on the web. So many podcasts, too, because we have all the lists now uploaded. I did a buy the book. We've got a DDT wrestling. Yep. If you search back far enough, you'll find the weekly wrestling news. You know, so there's all sorts of stuff in there. The DDT awards. Oh, it's a good time. It's a good time. So much good stuff. I, do we have the, what do we call it, the Manson Family Podcast? or? Oh, that's in there somewhere. There are some episodes of that. Yep. Absolutely. All right. DDT... Wrestling has an email podcast at ddtwrestling.com is where you can get a hold of us. We do not have 13 emails this week, but we do have eight, and eight is great. A baker's dozen! Our first email, oh, very good here. I'll read this to you while you eat your pizza. Thank you for eating your dinner while we record. Uh, We've got some info. We asked for it last week from our good buddy Mitchell, and here is some seminary info from Mitchell Monroe. Hmm. So being in seminary is not necessarily as much like being in a monastery as it sounds. Sorry, in order to properly explain, this is going to be a long one. Okay. At its core, being in seminary is simply getting a master's degree in some aspect of theology, traditionally Christian theology, but upon Googling, I discovered Islam and Judaism have also adopted the term. That reminds me, I have a question for you later. So in most Protestant denominations, you can theoretically pursue a seminary degree without ever intending on working in a church. In fact, there's a stereotype that many women attend seminary to get their Mrs. degree and find a husband. In other words, getting a seminary degree does not necessarily equate to getting ordained or becoming a priest, pastor, reverend, etc., Though I believe in Catholic, Orthodox, and a few other traditions, the two are intertwined. Just don't quote me on it. With us so far? Yeah. As for me, I am a Southern Baptist, and our traditions I can speak to in detail. Southern Baptist churches are what we call autonomous. This means that they function independently from any larger overseer that can come in and tell them to make changes. 
we instead align ourselves with other Southern Baptist churches in what we call the Southern Baptist Convention, to pull our resources with like-minded churches in our pursuit of missions, outreach, and so forth. As such, if you are licensed to ministry, ordained, or anything of the like, you are done so under the recommendation of a local church. The seminary degree I'm getting simply serves as an opportunity for learning more about the Bible and as a resume builder. With all that explanation out of the way, I am currently serving as a minister to middle and high school students in a Southern Baptist church and pursuing my Master's of Arts in Christian Education. I have been licensed by my church, but not ordained. The licensing doesn't really mean a whole lot. I don't fully understand why they need both. I think of it like a learner's permit, but it does allow me to do weddings, so that's fun. Nice. Maybe explaining the wonders of church and Christianity can be a new email subject for me when I'm all out of wrestling queries, eh? I promise they won't usually be this long. P.S. Doc's opinions on peeps offended me more than his cursing. Well, you deserve to be offended if you like peeps. <laughs> I have yet to find the mystery flavors, and I look every time I'm at the store. Haven't seen them. I think I told you I saw peep-filled Oreos, though. You did tell me that. Did you buy some? I did not. They looked disgusting. Well, thank you, Mitchell. That was quite... I, I'm i impressed you're a Southern Baptist, not because that's like particularly challenging, but I don't know any other Southern Baptists. So. Are Southern Baptists the ones that do all the singing? That's there, There's Mitchell's, there's Mitchell's <laughs> email for next week. <laughs> Doc and DC try to understand the world. The Southern Baptist is the one with the singing. <laughs> I, kind of, I, I guess I could Google it, but it's much no, more fun when Mitchell no. writes in. Mitchell needs to tell us. I assume Southern Baptist is like Reverend Devon. Oh. Like, just is he, <clears throat> are you putting people through tables? And, no, loud and On rash behalf and of the Lord? back and forth across the stage and uh, that course. Right? Okay. Okay. All right. <clears throat> but thank you, Mitchell, for the email. If we haven't offended you completely, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Please let us know how much singing you do on a day-to-day basis. I do really like the fact that we have a show that ostensibly is about wrestling, but we can get a a a four paragraph, five paragraph email about seminary school, and it just makes sense. Pav has said that he thinks we need to do a lifestyle podcast just about just the world in general. I don't know if Pav knows this or if you know this. This is a lifestyle podcast. <laughs> wrestling is very we're we're kind of wrestling adjacent. Yes, I think so. I tend to think of us as more of a lifestyle podcast, personally. I, I'm totally all for that. Speaking of which, I saw a tweet from Mrs. Manson. Okay. Uh, Punem? Purim? What was Purim. Purim, not Punem. <laughs> Purim was yesterday, yep. a Jewish holiday, and she was making hamantashen? Yep. Does she? Well, I suppose we'd have to ask her, but are you familiar with the story of hamantashen? Um, well, it's meant to represent the hat of, um, See, I was told the guy. I was told it's supposed to represent the ears of the guy. I listened to a podcast about the TV show The West Wing, and they were talking about it, and one of the guys who's also on the show, The West Wing, was talking about it, and it's Heyman, which yep. made me think, of course, of Paul Heyman's, and, you know, 
apparently he and his sons did something, and so they wind up all getting killed, but you eat triangular cookies to represent his ears. But it could be his hat. That would make more sense. I believe it was a a three-point hat was what he was known to wear. I think that's the story that I've always heard it. What does she put in her hamantashen? Um, One of two things. Um, It's either a a prune-based filling or an apricot-based filling. And they are both quite tasty, although I think I prefer the apricot. I've heard I don't know if you remember this, but at one time we did a murder mystery theater. Yes, at the the hotel ballroom in our uh, at our campus. I do remember. And that. I don't know if you remember what the basis of that story was. I remember just but it was Piram being terrible. Yes, he was. Uh, I, I hope believe... he never listens to this show because I do love the boy, but... I think he was Haman, wasn't he? He might have been. I believe so, yes. Oh, that's right, because um... we had to do... we did it for the Jewish... Did we do it for them? Or was it just happened to be based on them? No, it was for Hillel, yeah. Yes. Oh, uh-huh. man. Oh, memories. Yeah, I mean, what I'm reading here on Wikipedia says it literally translates to Haman's ears. Yeah. But again, I think the story that that's that my wife has told me about it's it about hat. is that it's the hat. But I that would make I, I more sense. Yeah, I don't know. That would make more sense. All right, back to wrestling. Our next email comes from Brandon Banks. Yes, Brandon Banks. As soon as I can find the... Okay, since it seems like I was the only listener that did not send an email last week. Yeah, you lost bestie status. I figured this to be the best time to send in my very first email to the DDT Wrestling Podcast Show. Much like DC, I love tournaments. However, I hate random first-round matchups. Since WWE has never held a tournament with seedings or rankings determining the first-round matchups, at least that I'm aware of, I don't think we'll ever see them them do it in the future. But if they did, what do you think they would use to seed or rank them? Maybe they use the list as a starting point? Your 14th listener? Hey, Brandon Banks. Hey, I'm happy we have 14. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, I resemble that remark. Um... I would love for them to do seeding, but this is the same problem with them trying to tabulate win-loss records and all of that sort of thing. Like, you know, you would have they would use the top the SmackDown top ten, maybe. If they were doing an eight-man tournament, maybe they would use the SmackDown top ten for it. But I feel like if they were ever actually going to do something like this, they would have to be on a smaller scale. And I think two oh five live, a place that they're talking about performances mattering like i feel like that is a product where they could get away with doing a ranking system and it could make sense within the canon of that show Mm -hmm. um but it would have to be be limited to that show it would not extend beyond you know so i think i I don't think they do it no i i just would be too complicated they would yeah you know you'd have to either go by previous accomplishments or a win-loss record in a certain period of time and, you know, I'm happy with random first round matchups. I don't care. Like, you know, the the cruiserweight tournament's random. Doesn't matter to me. I watched two great, well, no, one good and one very good cruiserweight quarterfinal matches on 205 Live this week. Uh, Cedric Alexander versus Tujipa and Kalisto versus Roddy Strong. Both excellent or good and very good. So, Which one was very good? Kalisto and Roddy Strong was very good. 
Oh, really? Cedric and TJP was good. I just don't like okay. TJP. So anytime he did, like, he put the knee bar on, like, six times. And I'm like, uh. Yeah. It's kind of like when Finn Balor does the sling blade for the 18th time in a match. It's weird to me that both he and Seth Rollins use it. And you're on the same show. Yeah. But not for long. One of them's moving to SmackDown during the next shakeup. Which, again, with only one brand, it's an odd thing to do, but they're yeah, going to have it. I think, I think they're having the next pay-per-view after WrestleMania is going to be a draft-style show. Interesting. Well, I look forward to it. All right. Our next email comes from Tony. DC and Doc, sup? Watching the Chamber match was a big waste of my time. Every match was predictable. They did nothing to further any of the stories. Oh, wait. There are no stories. I rate the pay-per-view a 4 out of 10. I hope Raw's better. Nope, it was worse. Bad acting, bad writing. The only good thing that came out of Raw this week was Reigns' promo. Other than that, I would rate it a 2 out of 10. Your thoughts? Your bud, Tony Q. Tell us how you really feel, Tony. Tell us liked, how you really feel. I liked the pay-per-view. I thought it was good. I would give it I a will B. say, I feel like it was largely predictable. Um, I don't know how I did in terms of productions, but I feel like I was pretty good. We got that Bliss would retain. Yeah. Um, you, I think, might have no, because we both said Braun would win, so we lost that one. Yeah, um, but I was pretty sure it was going to be Roman. I just wanted Braun to win. I think I said Titus was going to win because it's February. I was wrong. Yeah, you were. Uh, I think we both said Bray was going to win, though, because it made sense to then have them continue that at WrestleMania, and now I'm not even sure they're going to do that. It seems very unlikely to 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 predict that Bray Wyatt would win anything. I will have to find the notebook. I mean, we we can go back to the tape, I suppose. But really, you should probably just take me at my word that I said Matt was going to win. Okay, um, I'm trustworthy. So, <laughs> <laughs> like when we did the Cruiserweight Classic, and you predicted them all correctly because I did. The person you thought won won. That was a perfect track record. Um. Yeah, I thought. Raw I think was, you're I, being a little harsh, Tony, and this is coming from the nope of negativity. It's true. I think, I think the, the I think the chamber pay per view, while while a lot of it maybe was predictable. Um, to my point before, we did pre- pre- predict and predict a lot of that stuff correctly. I, you know, I thought the cha- the women's chamber match was enjoyable. I thought the men's match, at some point at during that, I was like, oh man, they're doing it. They're totally gonna have Braun just. Just eliminate everybody in this match. And don't get me wrong, when you got towards the end, it, again, I was fairly certain that Roman Reigns was actually going to win it. It wasn't that devastating when it happened. But, I mean, Braun Strowman had an incredibly strong-looking match. He gave a great performance. Um, I really enjoyed Braun Strowman, so seeing him give a performance like that, while at times the match was a little slow-paced because everybody was just sprawled out everywhere while he went on his reign of destruction, you know, I still thought it was good. He's he's now the record holder for the most eliminations in a single Elimination Chamber match. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, like, I enjoyed look, that he match. He didn't look worse for wear because, plus Mm-mm. he beat the crap out of Roman after Roman won. Right, right. So, I mean, so. overall, I still think I, I liked that show. Um, I didn't watch Raw, so I guess I can't speak to that. But uh, well, it's it's one of those things. It's like okay, the wheels are in motion towards WrestleMania, but we're five or six weeks out, and yeah. there's no Raw pay per view in between. So it was kind. There wasn't a lot that happened, 
on that show, we saw a nice Ms. Rollins Balor thing. Um, you know, there was storyline development in the Bailey Sasha story. So, no, I think it was good. I liked them both. I didn't watch all of Raw. And if you want to say that Raw wasn't as good, that's fine. But Elimination Chamber was good. I would give it. I gave it. I gave it. I think at first blush an A minus. I think I'd reduce that to a B plus now. But that's still a very good pay per view. Yeah, I think I'd give it a B. Um, how do you feel about Sasha Banks keeping kayfabe alive, commenting on Bailey's Instagram posts? Why aren't you returning any of my calls? How do you feel about that in this day and age? I like that. They it was Norman Smiley, WCW standout and master of the big wiggle. Norman Smiley, oh wait, Norman Smiley's um, birthday, and they must have taken a picture of Sasha, Norman, and Bailey, and each of them posted it, cutting the other person out. That's wonderful. I love that. If, if you're going to use social media to help further the stories, that's fantastic. In yeah, I think that's Good wonderful. Although I do think it's very strange. I mean, I guess you just keep teasing it, but. After the way Sasha did Bailey at Elimination Chamber, you, you think that they just would not be friends at all anymore. Well, so I didn't see a, Raw though. There was a six-person tag. It was Sasha Bailey, probably Mickey versus somebody else, and Sasha went for the tag. She was going for the hot tag to Bailey, and Bailey hopped off the ring apron and wouldn't tag her. So. Okay. What I like here is that it's not a heel turn on either end. It's more just like both of you done me wrong. And so, yeah. you know. I mean, I actually I actually rather like the subtlety of that storyline. Because I don't, again, I didn't watch Raw. I don't know if they came out and said, I don't know if there was a promo. But, like, to me, my interpretation of what happened at the chamber is it's not that Sasha is just always going to turn on Bailey. I mean, that's part of it, right? That's part of that character is the fact that she's always going to turn on her, which I think is is interesting in its own right. But what I think is really interesting is it comes, it is my interpretation, mind you, but it comes from a place where Sasha knows what Bailey is capable of in the ring. And Sasha knows that in those multi-person situations, Bailey is always going to be the actual biggest threat to Sasha. So it doesn't matter whether or not they are friends or not. In the back of Sasha's mind, she's always thinking she's she's, she's always that insecure yeah. with herself that she has to turn on Bailey because she knows if push comes to shove she won't win. Bailey is the threat. Yeah, I think I actually think there's something really cool about that that storyline and the, the the subtlety with which they are expressing it that I, I I rather actually appreciate quite a bit. I will say, if we're talking about social media, Tommaso Ciampa is killing it with yeah. his social media stuff. Well, I for mean, Johnny he is Gargano. the psycho killer. Uh, I think they're going to go with Blackheart as opposed to that, but I don't care. It's amazing. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's doing a fantastic job. Our next email comes from Ch- The List. Greetings from across the pond, gentlemen. After listening to the most recent episode of The List, all of which have been ace, by the way. Why, thank you. You mentioned something WCW did called Battle Bowl, question mark? Yep. Where tag teams were randomly put together. Taking that concept and applying it in today's product, what wrestlers would you like to see put together in a tag team? Secondly, what are your favorite 
non-WWE moments in wrestling from the past. All the best, Jay. How much non-WWE wrestling have you watched besides Lucha Underground? I've watched a ton of TNA. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I forget. I always forget about TNA. Yeah. Um, what wrestlers would I like to see randomly put together? The Mixed Match Challenge kind of does a nice job of that. Now, again, it doesn't have... Oh, yeah. Hey, The Miz and Asuka are an amazing team. Like I only watched the first two episodes, but they were great. I, t- I think I tweeted you yesterday while I was home. Um Asuka did this thing where the Miz was talking and he looks over and she just has this giant smile with thumbs up. And I was like, she's adorable. And the thing that I love about it, I don't know if you've been paying attention to this, but like in those matches, like she's just screaming Japanese at the Miz the whole time. (laughs) And he he just has this bewildered look. The Miz is so perfect as a foil for Asuka. And he's just looking at her like she is an insane person. (laughs) Like, He's looking at her, she's doing all these things in the ring, and he always, they always cut for the reaction shot to him, and he's always got just this look on his face, like he can't believe what he just saw her do. And yep. the thing that I love about it is it's like, it's like he's saying, I don't know why this, who or what this crazy person is, what they're capable of, but I am so glad they're on my side. You yep. know what I mean? And it's just, that, that dynamic is working for me so well. They should, I really like that. I, they should win the whole thing with The Miz do, making no decisions. Like, Asuka should yes. just win every match for them. Uh, yeah. I just, and then The Miz really should take good. credit for it. Yeah. But unfortunately, I think The Miz will end up taking a fall at some point. But Maybe. Yeah. Either way, I watched a couple of episodes of it for the first time yesterday. It was pretty good. I'll, yeah. I'll watch some more. Um, favorite uh, non-WW moments in wrestling. The first one that comes to my mind is the face-off between Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle in TNA. That first meeting in the ring, they're in the suits, and they just come face-to-face, forward-to-forward, staring each other down. And Samoa Joe just goes for the head... Or was it vice versa? I can't remember. Who does the headbutt? But either way... I think Joe does. I, either way, Angle ends up bust, busted open, and there's just blood everywhere. And it was just this great... Great moment um, in time. I'll stick with TNA. I've got a lot of, you know, I can do others from WCW and such. But sticking with TNA, AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels had like an Iron Man match. Oh, yeah. And at one point, you know, I don't, I think it's called like the Koji Clutch or something. He had like, it was just, it was brilliant. I love Christopher Daniels. There was one of those matches I remember where somebody had somebody else's head like wrapped up in their legs and he's just yeah, like Koji Clutch. Koji Clutch and he's just pumping blood, blood. out of the yes. vein in his forehead. It's just spurting. It was the sickest. Like yeah. I, again, I know you're not much usually for for blood in matches except for when it you know, really means something, but like in those matches it did mean something. Yeah, it was really good. It was like the just very iconic imagery and excellent matches, excellent work all around. I like Super Eric Oh, Super Eric. I like Super Eric, and I also like there was a phase of time when he was coming out to Don't Fire Eric. Um, he was afraid. It, it was this. And he was getting crowds to chant it. It was so good. It was sort of happening around that same time, I think, as Daniel Bryan's underdog thing in WWE. So it was clearly drawing some parallels, yeah. trying to emulate. But it was really good. Uh, 
and it just shows Eric Young was so talented even you know back then. I yeah. can remember one of the little things he used to do back when he was in Team Canada. Everybody else would be coming out and the pyro would be going off. And you remember every time the, the fireworks would he'd hit. He'd get scared. He'd get scared and like he was surprised and startled. It was so good. Eric Young has been good for a long time. He really has, which is funny because his character now is like Sanity is not a comedy group. No. So he's not that way. But I hope, I do hope at some point he gets to be funny on WWE TV. I hope so too, because he's, he's very funny. Yeah. He's hilarious. Um, a recent one from WCW, I don't even think. Is that I've, even I've, possible? Recent from WCW? Something I've watched recently from WCW oh, okay. is All right. Conan from Lucha Underground. Did he throw uh, a shoe has... at somebody? What? No. Did he, he did that in TNA. <laughs> that was a good moment. <laughs> um. He's got these rap videos. He was a, you know, wrestlers in Mexico are often, you know, TV stars, music stars and all of that. And so Disco Inferno comes out because he's mad. You know, he's been the Disco Inferno for three and a half years. Conan's got another music video. Please don't play it. Please don't play it. So, of course, the announced team's like, we're not in control of that. Play it. And Disco has hijacked the music video and is trying to rap, and Disco did. Like, it's just him superimposed in the video. It was hilarious. It was so funny. Excellent. All right. Thank you, Che, for that email. Our next email comes from Danielle. Dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. Hello. A co-worker was describing her disdain for fruit. She reminds me of a college student I had in an English class who disliked the taste of water. So, who are the most interesting people you've interacted with? <laughs> also, I hope to buy my second DDT shirt after WrestleMania. My goal is to have all my wrestling t-shirts made into a quilt. That is In a that cool case, idea. I might need to buy two. Danielle, let me stop for a second, because there's more to that email. What a great idea. As someone who does not wear wrestling t-shirts... I would start collecting them, and I, th I I do think that I might start buying them when I get, like, a podcast studio, if we ever buy a house, and I'll actually hang them up as decorations. But, oh, that's cool. Yeah. But a quilt's a cool idea. It is. And thank you for the intention to buy a shirt, whether you do or not. I appreciate knowing that you at least considered it. And, yes, you should buy at least two. Uh, food question. Do you prefer holiday valentine's or easter candy and sweets oh man um not valentine's probably I'll, easter um i think easter wins handily for me but cadbury, for two mini reasons eggs. mini eggs and also cadbury cream, cream eggs, eggs. Um, yeah. between the two of them yeah. oh they're so good we found uh at the local mega mart uh I forget what they were called exactly, but they were Cadbury cookies, and they were basically Cadbury cream egg cookies. It was Ooh. like a thin wafer with the filling on top encased in chocolate. And I got to say, disappointed. Really? I did not really the, – the cookie was like grainy or something, and there wasn't a lot of the filling. They were very thin. I mean, it was okay, but I, I would not get them again, so – just buy some sugar cookies and smush a Cadbury cream egg onto that it. That sounds glorious, good sir. It sounds glorious. Who are so the most, most... people? <laughs> I think your answer with. is probably me. My, uh, can I tell you, the person who thought that it would be a good idea to start a drama group and then proceeded to abandon us like two seconds in, for that brief moment, he was a very interesting guy. That's true. That's true. 
uh, college, there were a lot of very interesting people, mainly because they were all insane. Um, yeah, that's true. Tends to happen. Um, my mother doesn't like the taste of water, which I've always thought was strange. I, I mean, I guess you could argue that water doesn't have a taste. Perhaps that's why Danielle put it into quotes. I don't think I agree with that. I think water, even pure water, I think has a taste. It's just, yeah. you know, very neutral. Yeah. Um, I, Mrs. Matthews will drink water, but she'll drink it a whole lot more if it's flat. Like, she'll put, like, a very small amount of juice into a glass of water, and she'll drink that far more regularly than just regular water. I've, I've In recent years, I have come into... I, I mean, part of it is my is my gastrointestinal issues. Yeah. I can't drink juice. It's too sweet, and it just instantly causes heartburn. Um, I can't drink soda for similar reasons. So, honestly, the only thing I drink anymore is water, and I have coffee and tea from time to time. Coffee even is problematic these days, so I don't have much of it. But, yeah, I drink water all the freaking time, and honestly, I rather enjoy water. It's very refreshing. How do you take your water? What what is the preferred temperature for you of water? Cold. Ice cold. Uh, ice cold can get too cold, so cool. Okay. How about yourself? Ice cold. Yeah, I like ice cold, but if it's so cold that it hurts my teeth, that's too cold. Well, yeah, I suppose that's true. But we have you know a water pitcher in the refrigerator, and every morning that is my coffee. Is I put, fill it up and drink it the entire glass like. In one gulp. Okay, yeah. Temp- a fridge temperature water, like a, a pitcher coming out of the fridge, that would be, yes, that would be ideal yeah. water. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. We, I want we, it colder than it comes out of the tap during the summer. Colder than that. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Our next email is a first-timer alert. First-timer alert. I'll read this one since it's slightly lengthy. And this comes from Sanjeet. Hello, everyone. So this is my first time emailing in, and it might be a longer one than what usually gets read, but I feel like I need to explain the question and reasoning behind it. Don't worry, this is nothing compared to Pav. WWE ended the streak with Brock Lesnar, and in my mind, kind of ended probably 60% of the appeal to facing The Undertaker at WrestleMania. It's still The Undertaker, but it's The Undertaker without the streak. I agree wholeheartedly. I know The Undertaker is still one of the biggest draws around, and John Cena is probably the biggest draw, so it makes sense from the company's view, but has this match come too late? Well, for maximum effectiveness? Yes. Yes. In my mind, the streak's over now, and in recent times, that's what facing the Phenom has been about. And then he was used as Vince McMahon's weapon versus Shane, which to me made sense. But then he faced Roman Reigns, and even though I understood why he lost to him, that magic that The Undertaker had at WrestleMania had kind of been lost a bit. Full disclosure, I forgot he wrestled Shane McMahon. Oh, did you? It was awful. Remember the lockbox? I remember that, but I forgot that they had a Hell in a Cell match. Oh, I remember, because I remember on this podcast, we were talking about how it made no sense that the Undertaker would agree to be Vince McMahon's pawn. Yeah. Like, the Undertaker would rebel against that, I would think. But anyways, go ahead. If the Cena versus Taker match happens at Mania, I'll be watching eagerly because it's the Undertaker. But will I be excited like when he fought Shawn Michaels or Triple H? Sadly, I can't see that now, which is a shame because this match about five years ago would have tore the house down. Anyways, love the podcast, guys. Keep up the good work. Sanj, Twitter, at Sanj G. 
Well, thank you for the email, first thank time you. reader. Thank you for the email, Sanj. Make sure to go check him out at Sanj G ninety three. Uh, yeah, it is too late. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's too late for maximum effectiveness, but I still think if they were to wrestle this year, it would probably be a good match. Um, mm-hmm. I, at this point, after, again, after the send-off Undertaker got last year, I think I would be disappointed with him coming back to face John Cena. Yep. But, but again, I, I would expect the match to be good. I. It's not like I'm not going to watch. If right, exactly. John Cena decide, if John Cena is wrestling The Undertaker, I will certainly tune in. Um, but had this match happened at WrestleMania 30 instead of Brock, that yeah, probably right. would have been better. Because, yes, those matches right around the end, the, the Michaels duo, the Hunter duo, and then Punk. We got to remember, Punk was 29. Um, those the matches match wasn't that good. No, but the the somebody's going to beat the streak. We knew somebody might beat the streak and then Brock did. And it all went downhill from there. Yeah. But I will say when Brock beat it, that was still quite the moment. It absolutely was. Our next email comes from our good buddy, Glenn. Hi guys. From the beast from the East blown UK, a little snow here and everyone goes bananas. My question this week is with John Cena seemingly closing in on his record 17th title, do you think that today's John Cena is a better wrestler than the 1980s Ric Flair? Thanks as always, Glenn. I suppose Glenn, it, man, what happened to your voice? <laughs> I suppose it depends on what you mean by better wrestler. Um, to my knowledge, Ric Flair was never a great wrestler. I would disagree with that. Oh, really? I think he was he was a great wrestler. He was a great heel wrestler. Okay. All right. Okay. You know, 1980s heel. Now, granted, this is territory days where he shows up. He makes your face like look like a million bucks. He loses and then leaves town. But he had great matches with Ricky Steamboat. He had great matches with Sting. He got great matches out of guys like Lex Luger and Road Warrior Hawk, which is not necessarily easy to do. So okay. they were That's a little fair. they were a little formulaic. You know, the, yeah. f- the face gets the early advantage. Ric Flair begs off. Eventually, he goes after the leg. He works the leg for a while. The face makes a big comeback. But then either the horsemen interfere or Flair cheats to win or Flair, you know. I guess I'm just remembering, you know, Ric Flair's circa evolution, I guess. Well, yes, he was not a good wrestler then. <laughs> yeah. If you get the chance, Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat. Chai Town Rumble is one. Wrestle War is another. Some great, 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 you know, and Ricky Steamboat, very high on our list, the list. Greatest wrestlers of all time. But currently, John Cena is listed as the greatest wrestler of all time. So maybe he is better than Ric Flair. Well, Ric Flair hasn't been ranked, has he? That's true. Maybe this week. By the way, maybe I'll need numbers at some point. I heard some so, feedback that people like it when you don't know, too. Yeah, but then again, then you wouldn't get the music. So fair enough. I'm happy with either. So somebody yep. just needs, you know, tell us what to do. Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Our final email of the evening comes from our good buddy, Nate. Hello, my good friends. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, big dogs? Speaking of dogs, what do you make of the steroid allegations against Roman and the WWE? If he's guilty, they shouldn't suspend him till the night after mania. Incorrect. 
So Cena's in the WWE title match at Fastlane now. Do you think he has any shot of being added to the match at Mania or winning at Fastlane? No. No. What's your favorite midnight snack? Have a great night, gentlemen. Your friendly neighborhood shrimp, Nate. Um, so let's see. Going in order here. If he's guilty, they should spend him right away. Correct. Um, I'd, there's no reason to wait till after Mania. And in fact, I think in their well, I think in their policy, it does say that they reserve the right to to fin- to get them out of storylines. Although I think the spirit of the text there is that they're supposed to be written out immediately, as opposed to letting them see it through. We had but. this pro, you know. This was my. This was one of the reasons why I thought Braun had a chance of winning. Is if something goes down now, obviously WWE feels fairly confident that this is nothing. But if it winds up being something, and something goes down in the next five weeks, yeah, you've got Braun Strowman as your break glass in case of emergency. But, but honestly, at this point, we're talking about a guy who was actively selling back in like 2016. So as far as we, as far as we could know, for all we know, his previous suspension was for For this. this. That's true. So I I don't know. Something tells me it's, it's just a lot of, if you suspend him the night, because what will happen is he either beats Brock, wins the title, gets suspended and has to give it up, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Or you write him off TV and he's just been talking about how Brock Lesnar's not on TV or Brock wins. Right. And then you suspend him. And here's the thing. Which would probably be the best option. Um, Roman Reigns will beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Yes. This has been the goal since this all started. There were some delays because of different things, injuries and suspensions and so on and so forth. But like the, he's made event of WrestleMania the last four years because he was always going to beat Brock Lesnar for this title. It just yeah. got delayed. Yeah. Um, so it's it's happening. Yeah, yeah. No, I think if you're going to suspend him, you got to suspend him right away. Um, if you wait, it's going to look bad on you. Uh, do I think Cena has any shot of being in Mania? No, it's not going to be Cena versus Styles versus Nakamura. Cena's not going to win at Fastlane. No, no. I, I'm at this point the story for Cena that they're telling is how do I fit into WrestleMania? So he has to lose at Fastlane to continue that storyline. Yep. Absolutely right. Um, What's your favorite midnight snack? Hmm. Probably. So are we talking about the favorite food for a midnight snack or am I thinking back to a specific, I had a midnight snack and that moment was my favorite assuming, of my midnight no, I'm snacks. assuming he means when you wake if you wake up in the middle of the night, what are you going downstairs to nosh on? Hmm. Well, honestly, I think the answer is pretty much the same in either case. It would probably be cold cheeseburg pizza from a nearby establishment. It's really good. It is. But, I mean, honestly, I won't normally have that in the house. So yeah. it's not like that would be a common midnight snack. But it would definitely be, if available, my yes. favorite. Yeah. Uh many choices lately i've been partial to just slices of american cheese can i ask you a question sure when's the last time you got out of bed circa midnight and went to quote unquote nosh upon something actually lately i'll get up in the middle of like 
because usually if I'm up in the middle of the night and I'm up for a while, Mrs. Matthews is up in the middle of the night. I've been making home fries and or pancakes at like two in the morning. How often? Why? Because we wake Sleep. up and we're, we're not, we're like, we either have gone to bed at like 730. So by 230, you're awake. Or, or you wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, you hear a noise or something and you kind of start out of bed. Let me and so tell you, I wish I could sleep for four and a half hours and be good to go. Well, from 7.30 to 2 in the morning, it's six and a half hours. I guess. I have to sleep for like... I have to sleep for like a solid eight hours or I just don't feel good. Depends. Depends. We have, we, we have moments where, you know, or I'll be awake. I don't cook when I'm awake. Either that or an ice cream sandwich. It also, like, we go through phases. Like, right now, ice cream sandwiches are in our house. Sliced American Drumsticks? cheese is in our house. Drumsticks are a favorite of yours. I know it. I haven't had one in a really long time. It's probably for the best. Neither probably. have I. But. What is your piece of positivity heading into... Oh, before I give you week? my piece of positivity, though. Actually, yes. I just wanted to discuss something. That I think I saw on the news either yesterday or today. Big Show retired. His contract quietly into is the night. Up. His WWE contract is up. He said he wasn't interested in doing a new one. I think it's just a matter of time before he signs a Legends deal. But yeah, he's done. Pretty sure he said he he doesn't want a big send off. He doesn't want any of that. He just wanted to kind of slowly disappear. Mark Henry was the same way. Yeah, Mark Henry just wanted to. Stop. Yeah, I wouldn't be. Surpri- I wouldn't be surprised if we've seen the last of Kane. That whole yeah. thing with Braun Strowman and pulling the announce table down on him, like that, might be it for Kane. So, mm. gotta say, uh, thank you, Mister Big Show. Absolutely, it's quite the career. I always enjoyed him, even when people were sick of him. I still found ways to enjoy the Big Show. He was entertaining. Uh, he had great facial expressions. He was a good teddy a bear. Guy he was funny. That size. Has no business being funny. None. Now, and yet some he people, was. some people might make the argument that I'm wrong, and that you know, if you're if you're that size, you have to deal with all of the hardships. Like Andre, you know, maybe you do need a sense of humor to get through that. But he was hilarious and eloquent, and you know, yeah, cried at the drop of a hat. He was real good. Is that your piece of positivity? Thank you, Big Show. My piece of positivity is Kane explaining to the Big Show that instead of moving there was a, back a door. forklift, he simply exited the room from a different door. That's such a great moment. It is a great moment. Uh, my piece of positivity is not part of wrestling because we okay. are a lifestyle podcast. Uh, Kevin Smith, who is a person that you and I have oh, both yeah. listened to, had himself a little bit of a heart attack over the a weekend. A lot of bit of a heart attack. But seems to have made a recovery. He's home. He looks happy. He's apparently going vegetarian to try to help with that. It was good. It was scary to hear that it happened. And I'm glad to hear that he's doing well. So I'm looking forward to... I haven't been listening to his podcast lately, but I'm sure he will do one or two about having a heart attack. And it's something as someone who worries about (laughs) heart attacks at some point. Me too. um, it's, It's something I look forward to listening to. So... All right. Glad to, glad to hear that the guy behind Dogma and Clerks and Yoga Hoser is, is doing all right. Doc Manson, I have greatly enjoyed the last hour in change, spending the time with you. 
anything else you would like to say before we head out into that wonderful before i have to go take a class because my <laughs> life is a freaking festival um ladies and gentlemen please remember we have a new email address it's, it's podcast beautiful. at com. where Check do i out, go to buy the where do i go to buy the merch we go to shop ddtwrestling.com we have a lovely ddt wrestling t-shirt as well as the signature beefcake shirt and uh now check out ddtwrestling.com see the fresh coat of paint and uh check yeah, out ddtpod.com if you want to binge on the show you can find Absolutely. all of our we're up over 200 episodes we are we have we have hit over 200 episodes not of ddt wrestling necessarily but there are 200 different podcasts on that feed that you we're, can listen we're up, to. We're up over 55,000 downloads, which boggles my mind. Do you remember back when we started? I think there was a quote or a statistic I had said. Yes. I had read at the time that, you know, like 80% of podcasts don't make it past episode 40. We're five times that. How about that? How Good for us. about that? He is Doc Manson. At Doc Manson, I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie? <laughs>